I'm here in my kitchen and today on the walk, I wanna share with you a problem that I suffer from. Take a look at my fridge here. It is filled with food, even though I only have a few days left until I have to go on vacation. What am I going to do with all this food? It's even worse in the uh, freezer compartment where I've got tons and tons of frozen food and none of that is what I need. So why do I keep hoarding this food and how can I change my ways? That's what we're gonna talk about on today's walk. Let's go for a walk. It is super convenient to live this close to the center of the village because whatever I need to do, groceries, go shopping, uh, I need to go uh, pay a quick visit to the local supermarket, there are a number of them right here around the corner. There is one here on this side of the road. Uh, that one is literally my neighbor. And then over there is another one. It's a, a, an even bigger supermarket. And then at the end of the road, uh, there is uh, Lidl, which is a German uh, supermarket chain. And they too have a, a lot of uh, stuff that I, that I often use. However, having supermarkets like this one so close by is also a risk because um, I tend to I tend to not make shopping lists, it's not necessary. If I want to cook something, if I uh, found an interesting recipe, uh, I can just walk down the street and go get the ingredients. But then what happens is, if I, since I don't have a list, I'm also oftentimes tempted to buy stuff that I don't need. Uh, but that is on sale, for instance. Um, things that... Uh, are, are almost expired and then they tell you uh, you'll get this 30% off or sometimes even like 50% off and then for me it's really hard to to resist that although when I get back home I realize I don't even need it in fact I, I, I already have so much food in my pantry and in in my um, in my fridge and so this, this became very apparent to me this past week. Uh, I was getting ready to go on vacation. And whenever I go on vacation, I, I always like to clean out the fridge. And I, uh, uh, I, one, of, one of the reasons is, uh, especially if you, if you have freezer compartments, is they tend to accumulate uh, moisture. And so you get a lot of ice on the inside of the freezing compartment. And uh, I read somewhere this past week that even if you have like two millimeters of ice in your freezing compartment, it will already uh, generate a, like a 10% extra energy that the fridge needs to keep your food frozen. If it gets to one centimeter or like a little less than an inch, it can go all the way up to 20% extra energy usage, which of course is bad for the environment and also not good for my wallet because 
well, energy, electricity is pretty expensive nowadays. And so um, I was telling myself, you know what? I'm going on vacation. I am just going to uh, empty out the fridge. Uh, I'm going to just complete, completely shut it off, clean it before I leave. And then uh, for two weeks, that can totally dry up. Uh, that will get rid of all the ice. And when I get back, I'll fill it again and it will, I will have saved energy. Um, and the, the fridge will be clean and it will be the most economic way of, of running that fridge. And so this is what I was talking about. So you've got another grocery store there and over there uh, is, is the little, is the German uh, supermarket. Uh, and, and, and so that was the plan. However, little over here has a very cool uh, thing that they do in order to uh, prevent them from throwing away food when they have, they're very well known uh, for their uh, fruits and vegetables. Uh, they, they really put extra effort in making sure that they are top notch in terms of quality and quantity. But in order to always have fresh fruit and, and fresh vegetables, uh, they have to keep a lot of stock of those uh, uh, of that inventory and then of course uh, you know every once in a while or actually all the time they will have leftovers uh, that are going bad and so in order to make sure that they get rid of all that food before it uh, it, it turns bad uh, they they create these boxes where they put in you know all the leftovers you, you don't know exactly what it is and then what you can do is you can order one of those boxes over the internet and it's super cheap it's like three euros so it's that's nothing you, you could buy a couple of apples with that and and for that price if you're lucky because these boxes are very uh, popular so oftentimes they're they're out of out of stock um, but if you manage to get one of those boxes it usually has easily 10 bucks or more in terms of value of, of uh, produce and oftentimes it's not just stuff that will perish right away. Uh, you could get cabbage or um, lettuce, you know, uh, uh, leeks, stuff that will still stay good for a couple of days. So it's a pretty good deal. And what it has also enabled me to do is to, uh, be, to bring more variation in my recipes because you never know what you're going to get. So uh, sometimes... I'm challenged to make something, for instance, you, you will get cabbage, which I associate with the winter, or like uh, the other day I got a whole box of carrots. It's like, what am I going to do with all those carrots? And then Inga suggested me uh, to make carrot soup and uh, got me a, a great recipe. Inga is our community manager. Uh, she, uh, she said, uh, you, you can turn that into a soup uh, with some coconut milk, you add some lemongrass stock uh, it's super simple and it's it's you know it's a it's a good way to process a lot of carrots <laughs> so I had never made that soup but I've just prepared it and tasted it and it is amazing it's and I would have never tried that because normally in the summertime I don't buy carrots carrots is more something for the winter time and so at least in my, in my opinion so uh, the other day there was I, I was looking at the app and I saw that they had a box that was still available, just $2.99. I'm like, okay, I got it, I got it. 
and then <laughs> I, I pick it up, I bring it home, and I put everything in the fridge, and that's when I realized, well, wait a minute, the plan was to empty this fridge before I went on vacation. There are only a couple of days left. I'm never going to be able to finish all this, these fruits and vegetables. It's too much. And then normally, I would even, like, would just put it in the freezer, would prepare a, a dish and then freeze it in so it could last a little bit longer. But I was hoping to empty the freezer. That was the most important one because that one has a lot of ice in it and I want to, I want to clean it. Uh, now, you may actually say, the practical ones among you, well, you can just take it out, quickly clean it, and then put everything back in the freezer. Um, the thing is, it's, it's right now, it's a super hot summertime. Uh, today's temperature, right now, it must be 30, 31 degrees Celsius. And so, the moment I take things out of the, out of the freezing, freezer compartment, it will start melting. So, I don't think I can clean that thing in... A short amount of time before the whole the, everything starts to to un, to uh, to melt and then of course if you then refreeze stuff that has already partially melted that's that's going to destroy any nutritional value in it so anyway point of what I was trying to say is I, I realized that I'd been hoarding food and now I it's too much I don't need it so this this for me is just one example of old habits where I've been trained to economize. Uh, trained as a child already, because uh, when I grew up, we had a family of three kids, and my parents didn't didn't have enough money, or didn't have well, didn't make, they had enough money? They didn't have uh, a, a income that made it easy to make ends meet, and so. Uh, from, from my early years, when my mom sent me to the supermarket, she always told us to get the stuff that was on sale. So we were trained in spotting those orange stickers that they would put on uh, produce or stuff or meat that was about to expire. And, and that would have a certain percentage off. And we would always get that. And, and that's been my habit for most of my life as a student that came in really handy because of course as a student you don't have any income and yet you still have to cook um, and also as a when I started my my life as a priest in the parish I, I had to take out a loan to even get a car and and so I had no savings whatsoever but having that thrifty mentality always trying to get good deals and and keeping things simple has allowed me to quickly pay back any loans that I made and for my entire life up until this moment I've been debt-free I don't have any remaining debts actually I've, I've even have some savings for in case I well the, the car breaks down and or my bike breaks down which would be actually a, a lot worse because I use my bike much more often than, than my car so I do want to have a little bit of that money that is allocated for emergencies and I was able to do that thanks to a very conservative economic lifestyle in a certain way. I also applied the same approach to, to the media work that I do. So Tridio uh, consists right now of uh, Inge, the, our community manager, and me. And then we have a, a board of volunteers. 
so we have a, a number of people that help us to, um, to do kind of the business side, the administrative side, and also to keep to keep us on track for the for what is our mission, um, where are we right now? It helps us to evaluate, and but so even though it's a very small organization. I know that we run on donations. Um, in the past, when I was still working for TV, I would uh, generate some extra income thanks to that work that I that would, was not my income. Um, so I'm, I'm paid just like any other priest by my foundation. Um, so what a parish would normally uh, pay a priest as a salary, uh, I get the, that same uh, allowance from Tridio. Um, but since I was working for television and I was making a lot of programs at the time, that was enough to also um, uh, pay for all the other expenses, including uh, Inga's salary. But, of course, that work is no longer, uh, at least for now, is kind of on, on hold. And so I'm, I'm very aware that we need to make ends meet. And, and the only way that we can continue this work is to ask for donations and thank I'm very very grateful that I have a community of patrons um, that is helping me and that, that that's the power of the community like each and every individual gives a little bit but together it can help us to uh, to continue but I'm I also know that eh, right now it's not enough uh, our expenses are greater than what comes in in, form, in terms of donations. So there are two things, of course, that you then have to do. First of all, well, my, my primary principle is always make ends meet. Let me cross the road here. Um, I'm heading actually into the woods in the, uh, at the location where I normally, where our group, our little running group gathers. Um, so I'm very familiar with this part of the woods. It uh, goes uphill a little bit, and then there are some really nice uh, routes there inside the forest. Uh, so this this is a slope that goes up into the woods. Normally I would take my bike right all the way to the end, and then uh, the rest of the running group would be there. So uh, the principle is always never spend more than you have. So we will never go in debt. I will... Uh, I'd rather just, uh, you know, eat uh, just plain bread and, and rice and beans rather than ever spending a dime that we don't have. Um, so that's, that's one principle. The, the second thing is, of course, if we can, we have to find ways to increase the number of patrons um, in order to get to the level where uh, we're at least, you know, at break even. Um, and then the third way to deal with a situation where our income is not f- sufficient right now is by being thrifty. By, but before you spend anything, always ask yourself, can I do this in a cheaper way? This is why, is one of the reasons that I'm currently holding like a $2.99 plastic selfie stick uh, with my five-year-old phone on it to film this. Even though on my wish list last year, I still had this you know, nice Sony camera. Uh, I really wanted to upgrade from the Canons that I've been using for a number of years now, uh, get uh, slightly better lenses and stuff. But just a camera body alone is like 5,000 bucks. 
That's insane. You don't even have lenses with that. And I know that in a professional world that is that's more or less standard uh in fact if you ever want to make something for netflix the demands are even higher so they have a, like a list of cameras that you can choose from and anything less under that level of quality uh, just won't be accepted so but i also know well uh, yeah that's still on my wish list but not this year not until we get enough patrons to to keep the ship afloat and uh, I hope that we get people that believe in our mission and that say, well, okay, well, I can help you get that new equipment, but I'm never going to spend it before I have that, you know, that support. So the thing is, with, with, the, with that mentality of like, let's, how can I save money? How can I get the cheapest option? Uh, the, the problem is that once something is actually on sale, I am... I'm like there's this mechanism in my brain that says okay get it get it now <laughs> it's it's on sale it you know you don't need it right now but maybe next year it's going to be more expensive and and now that the economy is going down and the prices are going up it gets even worse so you're like oh my gosh but you know fruits vegetables are so expensive let me just get this to go to go box um I'll I'll make it work and then you end up with a fridge where there's so much food that it goes bad because I'm just alone. I don't, I don't cook for a family. And so it takes me sometimes a week to, or more even to, um, to work my way through all the, the, the fruits and vegetables. So there is definitely something I, I want to correct in my relationship with food and, and also, you know, the mindset of, Oh, but you never know. You know, this. I, I have to do this right now. It's on sale. I, I got to get it now. It's going to be more expensive in the future. Um, I think there's also like a spiritual component to that. And I want to talk about that next. The thing that always strikes me in the Gospels is to see how important food is actually in all those stories. Uh, there are so many examples of times where Jesus is eating. He's invited by friends. He is uh, at the wedding in Cana. Uh, it's about food. It's about good wine. When Jesus gathers his apostles uh, in Jerusalem right before let's say, the, the, the summit of his mission, his submission to the cross, to suffering. He gathers his apostles in a, in a room to have a meal with them. So there's a lot of eating in the Bible. Um, at the same time, there's also uh, an emphasis on the importance of fasting at the appropriate time. Jesus is always very clear about that. It's, it's For him, fasting is appropriate at certain times when when he will no longer be there then people will pray will fast he himself to prepare for his mission um, goes into the desert and 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 lives 40 days without eating and without drinking um, and and every time you can tell that uh, this this fasting 
is not a goal by uh, for itself. It's not about just living an ascetic life. It's not about devaluating food or diminishing the importance of of what you need for, for sustenance. But sometimes food is necessary to uh, to celebrate friendship, to gather your strength for the mission. Um, and sometimes it's it's better to just you know step away from food and and realize that you can also live on almost nothing. Uh, when Jesus sends his disciples on their own missionary journeys, he also invites them to to embrace the adventure. Just don't worry about what you're going to eat. The people will receive you, and if not, move on. When Jesus talks about uh, the birds and nature about flowers uh, he he uses kind of that same approach he's like well if you look at you know the trees the plants the flowers the birds in the sky the butterflies they don't worry about tomorrow <laughs> they don't stockpile food uh, cans of beans uh, they don't go to the supermarket every day to get the best bargain because their Heavenly Father takes care of them. And you are so much more of more value to my Father than, than the rest of creation. So if they don't have to worry, why do you worry? It's, it's I think, um, a good antidote to this very prevalent fear of, 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 uh, of missing out. FOMO. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you heard of that. It's, uh, it's some, something that plagues us as a society, as a culture, where we feel like we, we cannot miss a single moment. We have to stay uh, informed. We have to watch everything on TV because otherwise I'm missing out. I have to embrace every opportunity. If I don't, that opportunity will never come back. Maybe. And so what then happens is the equivalent of my fridge. We, we, we stockpile our mind, our heart, our soul with so much opportunity, with so many things that we value equally, that in the end there is way more than we can ever keep track of in for the duration of our lifetime. Think of Gamers among you will recognize this. Gamers ha suffer from this a lot, and I can say so because I am—I have the same problem. Is whenever there's a game that goes on sale, you feel like, oh my gosh, I, I need to grab that game. This uh, this is such a discount. It's like seventy-five percent off. Who can resist this? This is an amazing game. And you know what? Yeah, it's a good deal, and it is a great game. But then you end up with this huge collection of games. I, I have hundreds of games. And if you would just calculate, there are websites where you can go and look up, if I want to play through this game, how much time would it take for a normal gamer? So it's not even talking about a bad gamer like me, but just a regular person. How much time would it take to get through that game? And especially if you, if you have these adventure games, it can sometimes be... I don't know, 70, 100 hours of pure gameplay. That's not even side missions or anything. Multiply that by hundreds of games and you end up with years and years and years 
that you could spend gaming without ever getting to the bottom of that big pile of games. And yet, even though we know that mentally, intellectually, the next time we see a deal, everybody is talking about, there's this hype going on, oh, it's an amazing game, you're not a real gamer unless you've played that game, then, then we, we, we go for it. And we, we, we buy a game that kind of intellectually we know that we probably will never play. It's so funny how, how, how sometimes we react to uh, this perceived uh, scarcity. Because, of course, a lot of this is artificial. It's, um, it's like when, when people sell like digital goods, software programs or e-books, there, there are no production costs. The distribution costs are almost zero. So how do you get people to still experience a certain urgency to go and buy stuff it's by creating artificial scarcity pokemon does that with these cards that you can buy and then certain types of cards will will be so rare that it creates this because they only make a few it creates this status to what is basically just a piece of car cardboard or, or paper uh some ink so the, the the material value is zero it's all based on the value that people give to it and that value is often influenced by the scarcity of that of that thing and it's completely artificial it's done on purpose and yet we fall for it and we tell ourselves we, we rationalize well yeah i gotta get this really stop notch it's such a good deal Jesus proposes a different approach. He says, invest in what lasts. Invest in, not in this world. Because everything you buy in this world, everything that you possess, everything that you attach value to that is physical is ultimately going to end up being worth nothing. At least not to you. Someone else will maybe inherit it and then maybe just throw it away. That happens a lot. (laughs) Um... But invest in what comes next. Invest in heaven. And Jesus means by that, invest in the things that have eternal value. And there's not much in this world that has eternal value. There is one thing, very specific, that does. And Jesus confirms it himself. And it's the people. People have a soul. And they are, by definition, eternal They're made for eternal life. And so what is going to last from this world into the next? It's the people. It's it's me. It's you. It's our souls. And so invest in the people. Invest in yourself. Invest in growing your, 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 your holiness. I have no other words for it. Uh, Spend your time and your effort in in being the best version of you to, to kind of answer the gift of life that God has given you. Give something in return, but give something that is useful to God. Pokemon cards, I don't think that God really cares for that, but he definitely uh, loves it when we love one another, when we, do, when we bring peace, when we help one another. Jesus constantly talks about how important that is and that that is where your your mind, your actions should be. And then in the context of that, of course, from time to time, it's good to be together with friends, have a good meal. It's, it's kind of a, an important social lubricant 
for us humans because we live in this physical world. We are not angels. And so food can be important and valuable, but only as a only when it's when it serves our health, our friendship, our joy, maybe joy of cooking, that could also be a thing. But having a fridge so full that the food is rotting, it's it's actually I'm almost ashamed to, to admit that sometimes happens to me. In a world where there is so much hunger, yeah, it's, it's a bad allocation of, of my resources. Ooh, I'm going this way. Anyway, uh, I want to end this walk with a few tips and recommendations. The other day I was browsing the Kindle deals. I do that every week or every day actually to see if the uh, US Kindle store to which my Kindle is linked uh, has some some books uh, for a discount. And uh, I only buy books that I'm actually going to read. I read a lot of books. So this is slightly different from, you know, me buying food that I don't need. Um, And I came across this book that was called the 30-day challenge. I love 30-day challenges. I follow a lot of uh, vloggers that do that from time to time. And it's like, I stopped eating sugar for 30 days. Here's what happened. Now, you have to click that video because you're curious. What does that do to someone? And so uh, I looked at this book and I saw that there was also an audiobook version available uh, on, on my uh, audiobook subscription. And so I started listening to it and I love it. And one of the tips... You're not going to believe it was exactly what I just talked about. Uh, it's little, how do we deal with an overstuffed fridge? And so it's this challenge to finish every single item in your fridge, in your pantry, completely emptying all your reserves before you go out and buy new food. And so <laughs> it's kind of too late for my vacation. But I was thinking, uh, when I get back, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a 30-day challenge where I will vow, I will pledge not to buy new food, to not go to the groceries, to unsubscribe from all the Too Good To Go offers, uh, stuff on sale, and to completely finish my entire pantry. And I, I know that over time, that will get harder and harder because you don't have to make do with whatever is left. And so it probably will mean that, the, for instance, the bread is going to be gone within a week uh, because I, fr- I freeze my bread and usually only have uh, bread for about a week. But that will mean I can start using my reserve of oatmeal. I've got a lot of oatmeal <laughs> because one day it was on sale. I was like, okay, but that's so useful to have some extra oatmeal. Well, now may be the time to eat that for lunch or breakfast instead of, uh, of bread, etc., etc. But by making it a challenge and also by, <laughs> by telling you about it, because that's one of the tricks, of course, if you want to commit yourself to it, uh, it's much easier to, to, uh, to cheat if nobody knows that you made that commitment. But by telling you this is my challenge, I'm going to finish all my uh, stockpiled food and, and reserves before I go back to the 
to the supermarket, um, there, there is actually a bigger chance that that is going to work. If you have any other tips, or if you relate to this and you have your own stories about fridges, or maybe you have found a lifestyle where you never have that problem, let me know in the comments. I'd love to hear your feedback. And for those of you that are supporting me through Patreon, of course, you can look forward to an extra mile. Every week I walk the extra, I go the extra mile for my supporters. And uh, in, in those extra episodes, um, I talk about my plans, about stuff that I'm currently working on and give you a little bit of a behind the scenes look at, uh, at what I do, how I live my life. So if you want to join that community of patrons and become one of the people that make it possible for me to continue this work and to expand it, make sure to go over to patreon.com slash fatherroderick. Thanks for the privilege of your time. Have a wonderful week. Stay healthy and we'll talk soon. God bless. <laughs>